Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read from verse 7 onwards. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who the son asks for bread? Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. We're going to go back to verse 7 again. We're going to read this section one more time. Verse 7 on verse. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 on verse. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you know then, being, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, if you look at this chapter, we have verses 1 to 7 here. Before we go from 7 to all the way to verse 12. So, verse 12, where it says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It starts from verse 1 onwards. So, as you look over here, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 6, and then from 7, all the way down to verse 11. Jesus speaks over here his eternal words of life, where there are very specific points that God is emphasizing here. The first part is Jesus telling the people there what they must do. And if you look at what they must do, you have two sections here. One is how to be. How to be. That means 
how to live, how to conduct ourselves before God and before man. And then, the next section he talks about faith. Faith is placed in God, and because of the faith that is placed in God, we do certain things that is important in order for us to be able to live a God-pleasing life. If you look at the entire um, section, the first half and the second half, that we just saw 1 to 6 and then 7 to 11, so we can split it into two as it's in the Bible already. The first section we see here talks about how we should live our being, our doing, our living before God. Before we can ask, before we can receive, before we can even seek and find, before we can even knock and have the door open, in order for answered prayers, how should we live? God is speaking to our hearts this morning. The cup has to be clean. When the cup is clean, God will be able to pour into it what God wants to pour into it. So, the first thing, in order for the next half, for us to see it come to pass, we need to start from verse 1. So the first verse Jesus says here, Judge not that you be not judged. Why? Verse 2 says, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So God says here, the reason why you should not judge somebody is because with whatever measure you use, that's exactly going to be the measuring stick or the measurement or the device that God is going to use to measure your actions. There are people who constantly nitpick on others. Every small thing they make that is a big thing. And God will do the same thing for such people. So it's very important for us to mind our own business. You see someone do something that you think is not right before God, it's important to pray for them first. Pray with much burden for them first. And then if the Spirit of the Lord moves you and puts you in a place where you have the capacity from God to be able to correct them, then you should do that. Otherwise, we need to do what Jesus says over here. Verse 3. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? What is God saying over here? He says, first, don't waste your time on policing somebody. Don't waste your time on looking at somebody because what will happen if you constantly keep looking at somebody? 
someone else's fault, you're going to completely miss out on yourself. You're too busy looking at someone else's life that you don't have the time. You're not able to. You will not be able to look at your own life because when you constantly look at someone else's life, you begin to look at someone else's life from a place of so-called perfection where you think that you're doing good so you have the right to judge someone. Now, if you see a brother or a sister who's going to cause a big blunder or they're going to sin and you're right there, it is your job to tell them don't do it in a God-pleasing way in order to prevent them from falling. That's not judging. We have to differentiate that. We are called to be our brother's keeper. We are called to be our sister's keeper. Wherever God places us, we cannot close our eyes to what is going on and pretend like we're not seeing. That will be wrong. But at the same time, there's a difference here. Where you help people in a way that you see someone falling and you put your hand out there and you hold them and you keep them from falling. Or you can hold out your hand and slap them right there and say, I'm trying to straighten you up. There's a difference there. Love is the primary tool that God uses when it comes to saving souls, when it comes to correcting a believer, when it comes to putting them in the path where God wants them to be placed. So as a believer, we have to understand if we try to judge someone and try to condemn someone and look down on someone because of what we feel, what we think, or even because of what the word might say, we have to understand that is not our place. Our place is to take our brother or our sister to the Lord and to place them before God and to intercede for them, to weep and intercede for them. Our place in the body of Jesus Christ is if you see someone fall, you need to hold out your hand so that they don't fall and get hurt. That means your hand might hurt from their weight, but you help them to stand up and not fall. That means you take the burden of seeking the Lord for them, praying for them, and genuinely caring for them. And do what it takes in order to restore them rather than cutting them down to pieces and trying to gossip about them. So these are things that God does not like at all. And these will become a stumbling block in the life of a believer where the believer will fall into the same snare. 
that they did not want to fall into. So Jesus says here, so beautifully, he says, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Now he's not talking about people who are caring. See, this verse is not about people who are caring and wanting to restore someone. This is about a person who is trying to be judgmental, trying to be harsh with another believer, trying to see how they can find fault with someone and really um, put them in the balance and see how you know you can crucify them. There are believers like that. The moment they see something, immediately they want to be the first ones to cast the first stone at them and bring them down. That's very displeasing to God. And to such people, God says here, Judge not that you be not judged. With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, this is not talking about people who really care for a brother or for a sister. Every believer should care for one another. If you see someone falter, it is your duty before God, and not just with a duty consciousness, but out of love that Christ has put in your heart if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, that you will not be content or you will not be complacent where you are if you see another believer fall or is about to be led astray. So at that point you can't say, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to correct them because I have a lot of things. So I don't want to tell them what they're doing is wrong. Maybe God himself will talk to them. And so I'm just going to mind up my own business. Minding our own business is being our brother's keeper. You have to understand. Not minding our own business is nitpicking on people and becoming judgmental and and trying to uh, be the accuser of the brethren, which is Lucifer's trait, not God's trait. But God's trait is always to help, to intercede, to bring back the person who's lost, to restore them to God. That's why God's word says, if you see someone who has gone astray and if you restore them back to the ways of the living God, you are considered a person in the kingdom of God who has done something that's worth receiving the reward from God Almighty. So when you look at this scripture, where Jesus says, don't judge unless you be judged. That means, don't be critical of someone because God will hold you to the very same standards because your motive and your intentions are not right. However, if you are a person who genuinely cares, you see someone doing something wrong and you should pray for them and you should help them to come out of their folly. Now you come to verse 3. Jesus says this. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Again, God is talking about people who are busy, not getting closer to God, but 
looking at other people and trying to see that how they should get closer to God, why they're not getting closer to God. Meanwhile, they're neglecting their own spiritual care that they need to give to their soul. So God is speaking here, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, take care of yourself. Take care of your soul. Whatever you need to do in order to keep yourself clean and spotless, you work on that. If you're working on that, then you see someone. Then at least you'll know what to do. But if you are not taking care of yourself, then how are you even going to help someone else? How do you even have the right to help someone else? You know, there are some people who say, do what I say, but don't do what you see me do. When you hear such statements, you can put an equal sign and put the word hypocrite there. If we tell someone to do something, then we should be someone who's already doing that. You preach what you practice, and you practice what you preach. Very important. Otherwise, God will hold us to what we have preached and with what measure we have measured. The same will be measured back to us. But if we are faithful to God and we are preaching what we practice and practice what we preach, then we will be rewarded because we're doing what is right before God. We are rightfully helping people. Now we have the right because we know how to take that plank or the speck out of somebody else's eye because you've done it in your own life. You're somebody who's taken it from your own eye and you can see clearly. That's the key. A patient cannot go try to treat another patient with a disease. And Jesus said that blind cannot lead another blind. Both will fall into the ditch. So Jesus Christ, who is the perfect God-man, says this here. Those who don't work on their own soul, they don't sanctify themselves with the truth, but are busy trying to point fingers at others. He calls them, verse 5, Hypocrite. He says, you hypocrite. Do what you should do for yourself first. Then, you'll have some kind of experience to look at someone with sympathy and also be able to accurately Treat that person because you've worked on yourself first. It's very important for us to understand. Verse 12 is not an isolated verse. It's a verse that comes from verse 1 onwards. Jesus is talking about very important things here. We must care for our fellow 
brothers and sisters. How do we how do we help them? We should help them and not hurt them. We should be people who will build one another up, not tear one another down. Judging and passing judgment, looking down on people, putting other people down, or having the same issue, not helping yourself, not working on yourself, but then running to try to show oneself as someone who is healed and whole and uh, I'm here to tell you what you should do. Jesus calls all those an abomination to God. I'm going to repeat this again. Without personal sanctification, without taking the time to sanctify oneself, without living a holy life, putting an image up front, trying to show people that I have it together and I'm here to show you that you don't, is an abomination to God. Very important. Humility should be at the core of everything and integrity has to be at the core of our faith. Walk while we are on the face of the earth. Verse 6, Jesus says this. It's the reason why God took us to verse 1. He's bringing us down to verse 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. God is saying to his people, use discernment. Use discernment here. Whatever is sacred, what is it? The Word of God. What God has given to you, the Word of God. God says, don't give that to the dogs. The kingdom of God, which is so precious, don't throw that before the swine. When you give the word to people, you need to have discernment. Does God want me to give this to this person? Very important. It's not that I just go anywhere and everywhere and talk to everyone. No. God will show you if you take time to pray. And ask the Lord, Lord, can I give you a word to this person? Should I give you a word to this person? Is this a good field? We need to pray. Because wasting our time, you know, there are people who just argue. They will pretend to be people who are interested in hearing you out. But in the meantime, they'll be used by the devil to drag you down. 
to waste your time, to emotionally drain you, to spiritually drain you, to waste your time, to waste your prayer time. You'll be thinking, oh, I'm evangelizing. Meanwhile, your time is gone. Meanwhile, you feel defiled after that. Or meanwhile, you feel drained after that. You won't be able to read. You won't be able to pray. So there are demonic things that happen when certain people come in contact with those who try to give the word. So it's very important. That's why Jesus says, Let they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. We're not careful if we don't receive the discernment that comes from God and are not led by God when it comes to the things of God. Giving what God has given to you to give to others. If you don't give it to those whom God has ordained and you just randomly go, what will happen? You're not only going to cast that which is holy to the dogs, but you can get hurt in the process. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, sometimes physically. It can happen. So it's very important to be in the will of God when you give to others that which is holy. That God must lead us in our interaction with people. Whether it's chatting, whether it's talking, whatever it may be, it's important to seek the mind of God. Lord, is it going to be profitable? Now why? Because it's holy. Because it's God's word. It's not your word. It's God's word. Anytime you do the work of God, understand, you're doing God's word, and it's God's word. If that is the case, we'll be very careful. But we're not telling our own story. We're telling God's story from His Word. Salvation message or gospel message is God's story. We have to do it with much prayer. God has to lead us. And we need to know that this Word that God has given, I'm responsible for that. I'm not going to just throw it before anyone who comes and says, well, they receive it, they receive it. If they don't receive it, I'm just going to go to the next person. Yes and no with that statement. Because if it's a dog, it's not going to be good. If it's a swine, it's not going to be good. Number one, it's a holy thing. When it comes to the Word of God, it'll be desecrated. Number two, A swine will turn around. It will desecrate the word of God and it will also turn around and tear you in pieces. That means it will cause damage to you. So it's important to be in the center of God's will. Two important sections we saw within six verses. One is 
the importance of not judging people in a hypocritical way, not to help someone is not talking about judge righteously, righteous judgment. That means you're analyzing it in the presence of God in order to help someone analyze someone's situation, in order to help them by being in the presence of God and doing it God's way. But this is a judgment of spirit that tries to grade someone else's spiritual performance in the light of one's own self. That means you give yourself a hundred and you look at someone and you grade them. You put yourself up on a pedestal anytime you put someone else down. And God says, with what measure you measure to them. How strict of a judgment you pass. God says, the same will come back to you. On the other hand, the Lord says, you take care of yourself, you spend time in the presence of God and you fix yourself, then you'll be in a position to help someone. But never be a hypocrite. Never be someone who will pretend like you're doing good when you're not. And show yourself to be righteous. And act like you want to help someone when you have a big problem in the very same area. At the same time, a believer cannot say, well, I'm not right. So when someone falls, I'm going to just let them fall. No. God will hold you accountable to that as well because you should be fixing yourself. You should be working on taking the plank from your eyes. You should be in a position where you don't let another brother fall, another sister fall. So what is the right thing to do? The right thing to do is be in the presence of God every single day and let the Holy Spirit work in you and then through you so that you are in a place where you don't fall. You have enough strength when someone falls that you can be there to catch them, to stop them, to bear their burden and to place their burdens at the feet of Jesus. You're not going to be bearing everybody's burden on yourself, no. You just transfer it. You get it and you place it at the feet of Jesus. He's the burden there. So that removes the excuse totally from a believer who says, well, I'm not ready, so I'm not going to help anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone about Jesus. I'm not going to. Because it's very demonic. Excuse. Save yourself and you're here. Strengthen yourself and then go strengthen your brother. This is something that every believer should be doing. And what else did God say here? The Lord says here, when you give the word to someone, make sure you're not throwing the word 
to the dogs, that which is holy, that which is sacred, that which belongs to the kingdom of God, don't throw it to the dogs. It belongs to the children. Don't throw it before the swine because it's going to desecrate that which is holy and then it will turn around and it will tear you in pieces. After Jesus saying these things, after he's telling the people, these are the things you need to be careful about. Then he comes to verse 7. And he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It's important to remove hypocrisy from one's life. It is important to be in the center of God's will. In doing so, we will have the boldness and the humility to go before God and to ask Him what we need for ourselves and for others. We'll be able to seek what we need for ourselves and for others. We'll be able to knock and have the door open by God for ourselves and for others. And Jesus says this, Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. He's talking about the people of God, God's people. How do you know that? That this is not for anyone and everyone who's out there in the world, but it's exclusively for the children of God. Verse 9 says this. A son, when he goes and asks his father, what will he do? God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, says this. This is for my children. When you ask, when you seek, when you knock, the right to come and ask, the right to come in, knock, the right to come and seek for yourself and for others. It's exclusively kept for my children. When my children will come and ask, when my children will come and knock, when my children will come and seek, Jesus said, whatever you ask will be given to you. Whatever you seek, it will be revealed to you. You'll be able to find it. It won't be hidden to you. Whatever door you knock, it'll open. It won't stay closed. Why? Because it's a father and a son or a daughter relationship that is there. That's what God wants us not only to know and understand, but also to live in that relationship. Jesus says, how much more? How much more? 
How much more? And then he comes to verse 12. He says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. But this is the law and the prophets. Whatever measuring stick that you're using to measure someone else, make sure you want to use the same thing for yourself. Make sure that's the measuring stick that God will use for you. So before you use it on someone else, make sure that's the same measuring tool that you want God to use on yourself. This is what is pleasing to God. This is the law and the prophets. What's the meaning of that? The law came from God through Moses. The will of God, the desires of God, was expressed by God through the prophets. What is Jesus saying over here? This is the will of God. This is the will of God. What you want God to do for you, make sure you do to others. What way you want God to look at you, make sure you look at others the same way. Whichever way you measure others, always remember that will be the same tool that will be used for you. May God help us to understand the heart of God. This is God's heart. God's heart is love. God's heart wants to give. At the same time, God's heart wants to fix things in God's family. Because don't do things that are ugly. Don't do things that are ugly before me. And then he starts from verse 1. Certain things that Jesus mentions explicitly in the Bible. It's very important for us to look at it, read it, not misread it, not twist it. The people says, oh, don't judge me. I'll do whatever I want to do. Don't judge me. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, well, say don't judge me. No. The Bible is talking about what a person should and should not do to others. To others. That's the key. Every person who's living before God, whether they believe it or not, but God is watching them every single day, they live or they die before God, they stand or they fall before God. So to say that, I don't want anyone judging me, God knows my heart is foolishness, because the tree is known by its fruit. A good tree will bear good fruit. A bad tree will bear bad fruit. To say that while God sees my heart, it's foolishness because Jesus Christ has stated in his word, this is how you know who belongs to me and who does not belong to me. So for a believer who says, well, 
or someone who claims to be a believer who says, well, God knows my heart. Nobody needs to judge me. They're actually judging themselves right there. Refusing to see the truth, refusing the light that they know is shining on them. They think that they're in the dark where the light is actually shining on them. It's important for us to be transparent. Let the flashlight of the Lord shine on us. Let the great light of the Lord shine on us. Only when we have sin in our lives will we go into hiding. Adam and Eve walked every day with God. In the cool of the day, God will come. They walked. No problem at all. They were happy, delighted to walk with God. Until they sinned grievously before God Almighty. What did they do after that? They went into hiding. Even though the Lord knew what happened, He came and He called, Adam, where are you? They went into hiding. They were not eager to meet with the very same God that they met with every single day. That's what sin will do. Suddenly the very same presence of God that was so delightful becomes a burden. It's a very bad place to be in. The moment you know that the presence of God has become a burden, it's very important to know that you are in the wrong place at that point. You need to get back to the place where God and you have fellowship together. Never be complacent in sin. That's what Adam and Eve did. They thought, well, we can make clothing out of fig leaves. How foolish that is. They didn't have enough wisdom there. When the sun comes, everything is going to dry out. Your sin shall find you out. God's word says. When we think that, well, I can use fig leaves to cover myself. It's only a matter of time. Therefore, those fig leaves fall off. That sin will be exposed. That shame will be brought out. But God, out of His mercy, did not allow that to happen. And he came and He called them before that. That's the heart of God Almighty. Where He calls His people to repentance. Before this uh, big fall. Before there's a public disgrace, before someone falls out of grace, before they lose something which cannot be recovered, God, out of His grace, He comes to His people and He says, Repent, repent, and I'll give you a garment that will not fade away, fall away. In the sun. I will take that shame away. I'll take that guilt away. And I will cover you 
with the lambskin. I'll cover you with my righteousness through the blood of the Lamb. God is speaking to us this morning. It may sound simple, but it's very deep. I pray that God will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. To understand the importance of following God Almighty without any hypocrisy. Being in a place where the work of sanctification is taking place. You're no more bound to what you used to be bound to and bound with, bound by. Now you're able to, with great humility, love and burden, pray for people be able to take the speck out of the eyes. Not in a place of judging others, but in a place of great humility, knowing that God showed much grace to you. Knowing that God came with much grace to you. And you covered yourself with fig leaves. God showed much grace to you. You show the same grace to those who've gone the same path that you went. God is using you to recover them. And you need to recover them just like how Jesus recovered you. Judge not, lest you be judged. With what measure you measure, the same measure will be measured back to you. If you show much grace and much love and much prayer to recover someone, God will show the same grace to you. That's the beautiful part. When you sacrifice, when you lay down your life for someone, God will show the same grace to you. But if you come out as a heavy-handed person, you come out as a gossiper, you come out as a judgmental person, the same measure that you use, God will use that back to you. It's very fair, right? God is very fair. We as God's people should have God's love at the heart of everything. And the whole goal should be to recover. To recover the lost. To recover those who have fallen. To recover those who are slipping away. Never to put oneself above someone else but to understand how much grace God showed for you you see others with compassion and with grace yet with no compromise not throwing the holy things God has given to you to the swine or to the dogs. But be responsible before God for the word that God has entrusted into your hands. Knowing that it's holy. It's holy. It's holy. Then you can 
boldly and humbly go to God for yourself and for others for God to open doors for God to reveal things for God to answer you this is the heart of God whatever you want God to do to you you do to others love one another Jesus said just as I've loved you forgive just as Christ forgave you if you want God to show you favor and show you grace and show you more of his love then you do the same if you want to receive more from God you learn to give what measure you measure the same will be measured back to you how you think about people how you talk about people how you talk about your own brother sister in Christ understand God will hold you to the same standard and so make sure you want to use that standard make sure you want to be judged by God with that standard learn to show grace and mercy without compromise without compromise that means you don't fall into the trap of someone else's sin because you say well I'm showing grace and love so I sat with them while they drank and I watched movies with them while they watched movies and they said oh if you really care about me just sit while I watch you don't do that blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful then you'll be able to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his word day and night then God will bless whatever you do whatever you do will prosper shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord thank you Jesus Father thank you Lord for this time I know that you have spoken deeper truths to your people I pray may these eternal words of life become building blocks for Lord for inner man for the inner man of your people Lord that this church be a church of grace and truth this church be a church full of God's love with no compromise but oh Lord a mighty army of people with God's character arise doing great exploits for God Almighty through the power of the Holy Spirit working in them that the fruit of the Spirit may be seen O Lord in an abundant measure and thereby the gifts of the Spirit may operate in the lives of the people O Lord I pray that you will continue to cover our church with your precious blood every brother every sister every child you rise up to fulfill the call of God 
you may be pleased, O Lord, to bless them with whatever they ask, seek and knock for themselves and for others. Because their life is full of the love of Christ. That they are not judgmental, but they help their brother or sister, that they don't turn the other way. That they don't throw the holy things to the swine, not to the dogs. They're the responsible stewards of what God has entrusted into them, the Word of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May they always remember whatever they want God to do to them. They do to others, O Father. That you may measure your blessings upon their lives accordingly. That every brother, every sister may live a life that is truly righteous before God, void of hypocrisy. O Lord, that when you measure to bless them, that your heart may bless them generously. O Father, I pray that you bless your people. That every single person here may gladden the heart of the Father with their walk, with their conduct, with their lives of no compromise, with their lives full of love for the truth and for your people. For this I ask in Jesus' name, and I pronounce this blessing upon them as a servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, and pronounce this blessing upon your people that they may fulfill the will of the Father in heaven by having the heart of God that is filled with burden the lost those who know you and those who don't know you that they may truly care for them and never put themselves up on a pedestal never judge unrighteously Never live hypocritically, but to truly live a God-pleasing life, a life of love and sacrifice, full of the truth, that God may grant to them the riches of His glory, that they may be able to stand in the gap for themselves and for all those whom God would bring to them, Father. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yet the Lord has